Oh, that's one of those songs when it came out. I don't know about you guys. I played it over and over and over. I don't know if you guys have heard that song. You guys know that song? How many of you have heard that song? Who's it by, Jake? Is that Elevation Worship, I think? Um, yeah, just type it in. It's an amazing, absolutely amazing song. Uh, this morning is going to be a little different. Um, we're going to be on the screen here. And uh, let me just uh, get this thing up and running. Oh, my goodness, we got lots of screens. All right, we're here. Jesus, um, last night, he's with his disciples. Um, Judas has left. He's gone to betray him. They most likely... It could be possible that they've left the room. They're walking towards the Garden of Gethsemane, and on their way, they're walking through a vineyard. And Jesus is in his final moments of talking with the disciples and sharing with them, hey, this is what I want you to know. And there's this metaphor Jesus uses to say to them, look, I want you to understand this is how you're going to connect with me. This is how you're going to have this relationship with me. And he uses actually an image, a metaphor to describe it. And and the more we understand the metaphor, the more we understand how to relate to Christ and how to connect with him. It's a metaphor of a vine and a branch. I remember um, I was probably 28 years old, 27, 28 years old. And for me, Zen ministry and my life was kind of falling apart inwardly. Not kind of, it was falling apart. And I remember having this lifelong drive. um, How do I connect with God? How do I relate to God? How is it that I can see so many people just with this deep, profound connection with God, and yet I I get glimpses of it, but I don't know how to do it. And, and my life, I, I, you know, at that point, I was in ministry and leading people, and yet I was struggling with that inner connection. I didn't know how to have that. And, and there was patterns of sin I couldn't get free of. There was, there was these patterns of pride. There was these patterns of, of just self-sufficiency and arrogance, and I could do this on my own, and, you know, all the vows. And even when you look at lust, and that piece was in there, and it's just like, I can't stop these things. I can't do this. And I'm trying to bring people into the presence of Christ like this morning, and I couldn't do it, and I kept coming into this dissonance, and finally it's just all falling apart. And, and here I was. I had all the Bible education. I had everything, and yet I didn't know how to connect with God, and I didn't want to do it out of legalism because that's what I knew. That's I could perform. I could outperform anybody, right? I didn't want to do legalism anymore. And the problem is legalism, all the stuff that's good, it gets twisted. And so at that point, I was just like, I can't do any of that. The Bible reading, the fasting, the praying, all that stuff. I didn't want any of it because it all felt like performance. And so I was left this man struggling. How do I connect with God? And life is falling apart. And I remember coming to a passage. And, you know, I had to have my commentaries. That's my, my prof said. I had to have my commentaries to do devotions right. I have to learn the Greek to actually do devotions correctly to have my connection with God. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I was carrying in. And it was a mess. And I remember coming to this passage. And Jesus said this. He says, I am the vine. 
says, I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it would be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the words I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself but must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man or if a woman remains in me, he or she will bear much fruit. If anyone does not remain in me, they're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. But if, if you remain in me, my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. And I remember coming to this passage going, I don't even know what this is. And until I figure this out, God, I'm not reading another passage. I'm not doing anything else until you teach me what this is, because I don't know what this is. This passage for me, I have avoided teaching it on Sunday mornings because it's one of these passages I just, um, I feel so inadequate to teach or I felt so inadequate for years to teach. And uh, um, I hesitate to teach it because I don't want it to be turned into something that is just another message because this is everything. It's everything. Jesus comes and he tells them, I am the vine, the true vine. My father is a gardener. The more we understand this metaphor, the more we understand how to connect with Christ. So he says, I am the true vine. And so you guys are going to have to put up with some drawings here um, as we go through this. So imagine a vine right? Nasty ground cover, right? So, but this is our vine. It says, I'm the vine. I'm the true vine. Now, that seems like just a, like, okay, that's fine. You're a vine. No, he says, I'm the true vine with like a capital T. And, and, and he's talking to Jewish men. And all of a sudden, if you understand that, you realize, oh, well, he just dropped a bomb. He dropped a bomb because if you read Jeremiah, if you read Psalms, if you read Isaiah, Israel's the vine. Israel's the vine. Israel's the one who God planted and was going to bring life and fruit through. Israel's the vine that all the nations were going to be blessed with and, and receive the fruit. Israel was going to get fruit. The world was going to get fruit. The blessing was, and life was all going to come through the vine, through Israel. And now Jesus is saying, and if you go back and read Jeremiah and you read Isaiah, there's this warning God has, I'm about ready to cut you off at the base. You're a wild vine. You have gone way beyond control. You are out of control, and I'm going to cut you off. And Jesus is just, in this moment is fulfilling prophecy, saying it has happened. It's a new covenant. The old covenant is now being fully, fully recognized and realized in me, and it's a new covenant in my blood. I am now the true vine from which all life comes. There is no other source of life but me. And he's in a vineyard, most likely. I, can, you know, I wouldn't die for it, but I can imagine he's in a vineyard, and you've got vines everywhere. And he's saying, I'm the true vine. 
I'm the true vine. And he goes on, he says, my father is the gardener. Well, that's not a new concept. We see that in the Old Testament. God the Father is seen as the gardener, the one who plants Israel, the one who, who plants everything, right? And anything that brings life is from God, the gardener. That's, that's a simple metaphor, to, easy to understand. But if you think God the Father as gardener, what does a gardener do? Why does a gardener plant a vine anyway? It's to get a harvest to get fruit. The purpose God plants as the, as the gardener, anything, is for fruit. So what does a gardener do? A gardener cares for the plant, right? Tends to it, right? Protects it. Oh, sorry. Protects. Prunes, right? Waters, if need fertilize, right? All these things, all these metaphors, none of these are, are wrong. These are all part of who God is and what he does as the gardener. And the more we understand that, the more we understand what abiding is. And he says, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. And, and he goes on to say, he cuts off every branch in me. Now, what happens is, as we read through this, we are the branches. If you go back up to the metaphor, this is us. We're right here. We're the branches, and you can have all kinds. So oh, let's just change colors. Since I can do that, let's have some fun. So here's some branches, right? Here's a branch. Here's a branch. And he goes on. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He says this a couple different times. I am the vine. You are the branches. I am the vine. You are the branches. We're the branches growing out of Christ. Actually, you read over in Romans, Paul talks about the fact that we are grafted into Christ. He uses an olive tree there, but the, the idea of grafting in is part of this idea of us being pulled into Christ. And he goes on and he says this, he cuts off every branch in me, God the Father cuts off every branch in Christ who does not bear fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it be even more fruitful. He goes on to say this later on, he says, you know, uh, if you abide, no, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is cut off, thrown away and withered. such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. In this moment, Jesus is not talking about this incredible theological statement on soteriology or salvation and who goes to hell and who doesn't go to hell. He's simply talking about branches that don't bear fruit get cut off. Don't let that happen. Don't go any further than that. He talks about branches being pruned and cut. So here, here's the thing with, with a, a grapevine. Anybody own a grapevine? Some people. All right, we got some. Anybody have like the vines like in, in your back? Well, we'll just stick with the grapevine. They can grow up to 12 feet in one season, one branch. Now imagine a vine with multiple branches all growing 12 feet, right? It's crazy growth. And even, even those branches have shoots that come off and they grow and they grow and they grow. And there's just all kinds of crazy growth. Not only that, when you look at a vine over uh, a season in and season out, you'll find that some branches just die whether it's from frost, whether it's from whatever weather, um, uh, you know, insects, stuff like that, they die. And so you have dead branches as well as living branches on a vine. And the father comes along and, and he, what does he do? He cuts off the dead branches. That's just part of life. He cuts them off. 
and he prunes back the growth. Because in a vine, if you have branches that just grow everywhere, you got lots of leaves and it looks like you're doing a lot, but actually what you're doing is you're taking away from the harvest. Crazy growth is normal, but it has to be pruned. Why? Because the farmer wants fruit. And so what you do is every year you cut off 90% about, 90% of last year's growth. Oof. 90% of the previous year's growth is cut off. Why? Because it's going to grow again, and we want fruit. Even growth is pruned. So here's a thought. This idea of cutting, right? Pruning. The Father and us. The more we understand the metaphor, right? What are the tools of of God's pruning in our lives? The Word, and we'll talk about that in a second, right? The Bible, trials, suffering, loss. When God says no, I'm just throwing stuff. Just in our times of prayer, God's speaking to us. Body of Christ. You have the accountability, the iron sharpens iron. You probably won't be able to read any of this in about two minutes, right? Right? What does God prune? What gets cut, right? That's easy. Sin. And out of that, right, you got it's disobedience, habits, attitudes, attitudes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, priorities. You ever cut any priorities out of your life? Things that you think are important. He comes along and goes, "Is snip." Growth? Have you ever come along in your life in areas where you had such tremendous growth and he says, okay, we're done with that, and he cuts it off. And you're like, uh, we didn't even get to talk about this? Like, isn't this a committee kind of thing? Has he ever taken something that brought you so much good and taken it away? And we think, what? You can't. That's not. He does. Because he's about bearing fruit. Relationships. I mean, we just keep going, right? Cuts all kinds of things. Here's a question. He's the gardener. Who initiates pruning? God. And when God initiates 
the cutting off, it's involuntary. When God initiates pruning, often it's involuntary. But then there's this idea and invitation God has. Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. We're initiating. So there is a part of pruning in our lives and the cutting off where God comes in and says, I have got to do this because you are unwilling to. I am going to do this because you don't even, you don't even have the awareness that you need it. It's not about sin, but I'm about ready to do something here because I, I want you to bear fruit, right? Much fruit. And then there's this other part of pruning where it's us coming and saying, oh God, would you cleanse me? Would you purify me? I've heard people here even more recently like, who come and say, I am done with all this stuff. I want God to clean me up. And they will voluntarily go through a process of just this soul journey of saying, God, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with all the sin. I'm done with all the patterns. I'm done with all the habits, all the attitudes, anything, everything. Cut it off. Cut it back. Bring it on. And God says, oh, hang on. Fruit's coming. That's a scary one to initiate. But it's a powerful thing, too, because you will get to a point where you hear God say, You're clean, you're ready. He says that to disciples. He says, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. What? Think about that. He says it to the disciples. You're clean. You're ready. The night before he dies, you're clean. You're ready because of the word I've spoken to you. Now, if you read the book of John, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all those books have to do with Jesus' life. But John is the only one that drives home this word, word. That's the word, right? So this, going back up to the tool, right? This word right here, word, is a big word. In the Greek, it's logos, or however you want to say it. Like some of you are like, well, that's not how you say it. Logos, logos, I, I don't know, however you say it. Logos is a big deal in John. It's over and over again. You see this, and it's always tied in with Jesus. John starts off the book of, of John saying this, in the beginning was the, and the, was with God, and the word, oh, and the, was God, right? Logos, logos, logos. Jesus is the eternal living word. So it wasn't just a word that Jesus spoke to them over three years. It was the fact that he is eternally the word of God. The living and active word that, that is able to pierce right into the heart of things and see right into our hearts and the spiritual things that are going on. Jesus is the word. Every word he speaks is a living word. And so he's saying, those three years, you guys are clean. It was my presence. It was me with you. And he says that later on here in chapter 15, actually in 16, I got to go away. The, the Spirit actually says it in 14 as well. The Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to bring what? The word. He's going to bring me the living word. It's a powerful thing to think the word is what was cleaning them, the living word. 
Let me ask you a question. How much are you into the word? How much is the word into you? It is the tool, it is the primary tool God uses to prune us and to clean us. You know, it's interesting, I was just, uh, I've been reading through the Bible, did it twice, I'm halfway through my third one, and the last couple months it's just been like, I'm grinding it out. I gotta do this because you're finished what you start. Meanwhile, every morning I'm just like, but this is so hard. Like, I don't know why it was so refreshing and so awesome to do that the, the the two previous times. Like, it was just so filling. And in the last couple of months, God's been saying, Scott, I don't want you to do that anymore. But I'm like, but I started it. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> Stop. But I started it. I mean, it was morning after morning. God's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I started it. <laughs> Got to finish it. Got to check it off. And God's like, would you stop? I need to talk to you through my word, and that's not how I want you to do it right now. So it was only a couple of weeks ago I finally was like, all right. And it's so hard to, like, stop the app and just, you get the reminders incomplete. And you're like, Scott is 14 days behind. Anybody else have a little bit of OCD in them or whatever? Like, you're feeling it? You're my people? Like, and now what I'm doing is I'm just going to a passage that he's led me to, and I'm just like, oh, Jesus. And it's alive. And so I'm just doing like four or five verses right now in a passage in 1 Corinthians, just soaking it in. And God's like, thank you. Are you in the word? And don't don't do it the way I do it because I change. I'm changing. I'm trying to, well, I'm trying to follow God as I do this. And it always is changing how God uses his word to get into me. It's not only that, are we in his word? Is his word in us? Is it getting in us? Is it reading us? Are we letting it read us and our hearts? It's what will prepare us to bear fruit. He goes on, he says this. So he says, I'm the true, or I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. If anyone does not remain in me, they're like a branch that is thrown away seven times, I think. In those short verses, eight verses, seven times, remain, 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 remain. So what God is saying, Jesus is saying here in this moment, is where this branch connects to the vine, that's called abide. That's called remain. Let's just do it right here. The more we understand that connection in the natural realm, the more we will understand our connection to, the, to Christ in the spiritual realm. When you go up to a grapevine and you look at the branch and the intersection of the branch and the vine, 
You can tell there's a branch and you can tell there's a vine, but the closer and closer you get, you can't really tell where one starts and one ends. And then if you peel it back and you look underneath, you, you can't because it's all connected. Like there's these capillaries going through it, right? And I'm just going back on, you know, what is that? Uh, the science and, and just how life is. And, and you see the, the water going through it. In fact, if you cut off a branch in growth season, in the middle of season, what happens? Water is, starts dripping out of the branch. It's amazing how much water drips out of it. And you know then that there's some kind of unbroken connection. There is this, this whole <laughs> funnel life, like whatever, vessel, right, of the vine carrying life to the branch. So what does the branch do? The branch doesn't struggle. The branch just simply rests. Right? You don't see a branch wrestling to, get, to hold on to the, the vine right there. It just rests right there. The, the branch just simply receives from the vine life, right? The vine is over here, and it's giving water, right? It's giving nutrients. It's giving life. It's sending a DNA signal saying, you are a great branch. You bear fruit, And we, as the branch, simply rest and receive. The command is not bear fruit. Think about that. Christ does not command you to bear fruit in this passage. He doesn't command me to bear fruit. What does he command us to do? Remain. And what do we do? We go, well, that's not enough. Well, that doesn't feel like much work. And God's like, exactly. You don't do it. I do it through you. Now, you may say, okay, well, fruit, you know, he, he talks about fruit here. Um, let's talk, spend one moment right here. I'm way off my notes. Um, As we think about fruit, so you got all this fruit. There's no leaves on this branch, I'm sorry. This is really bad. But he says, if you, if you remain, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit, much fruit. I'd like to invite the team to come up. have a life filled with a lot of leaves, but you will never bear fruit for the kingdom, and that's what the Father wants. Only He produces that in us, and it's only coming out of this and all of a sudden of our lives when we're abiding over here, fruit, fruit, fruit is everywhere, much fruit as we remain. And what is fruit? It's different here than it is in any other passage. The Bible talks about fruit a lot. Our lives should bear fruit, but 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus is talking about 
fruit in a different way than those other ones. So you can't superimpose what is said about fruit in other passages. You have to look at John 15. He's saying you and I can do nothing. A Christian, he says, a Christian who doesn't abide is useless. So what we're going to do, we're going to invite you to be still because that's what abiding is. We're going to slow this down and we're going to create space for you to be still and invite the Lord. Initiate an invitation for the Lord to come and say, Lord, is there stuff you need to prune? Is there stuff you need to cut away? Patterns of sin. Secrecy. A stiff neck. If he's been confronting you on stuff and you refuse, you absolutely refuse to confess it, you refuse to tell somebody else, you refuse in pride to admit that you're wrong, I'm just looking down at the floor. There's an invitation that's going to happen right now. And I just want to give a warning with it. God is giving some of you this moment right now to initiate it because he is going to bring something, a pruning and a cutting, if you don't do it right now. And when we initiate it, it comes with far more mercy and grace than when we don't. There is a judgment that comes, and it's worse when it's not us initiating it. Holy Spirit, speak to your children. Speak to any here. If you are longing for connection right now, just tell Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're in this room and you just, you just haven't connected to him in a deep way like this in years or maybe never, and you want it. You don't even know how to put it into words. If you want his life in you, like the, the real stuff, not the religion stuff, you want the real stuff right now from him. You need hope and you need joy and you need forgiveness and you need grace and you need restoration, and you need, you need strength. You, you need, you need. Just tell them. Just tell
Jake may sing here. If you just want to keep your eyes closed, do that. Don't move out of this moment, but let even the, the words, the heart of this song lead you. Lead you to Christ and give even words to maybe what he's, you and him are talking about. Just let it wash over you. I just want to sit here 
feet I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to leave Thank you. There's a tipping point and you're scared to death because you, you don't know what's gonna happen when you let go of control. You've been managing sin. You've been controlling your life. You've been controlling other people. Whether it's active or whether it's been passive, you've been managing your life. And there's a moment here where God is saying, break. 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 